Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Christmas is the season of giving, but it can be difficult to know who on your list wants what. Save yourself the guesswork by giving the gift of choice. Whether you're buying for the foodie, fashionista, or homebird of the family, they'll love a Dunstores gift card. They can choose from everything we have in store and online, from fashion to homewares to groceries. It's the perfect choice to make this Christmas. Visit dunstores.com for details. Make Christmas for everyone. Terms and conditions apply. Dalton Aiken and Corey Fitzwater believed that homeless people were a problem and that they weren't contributing to society. This made them believe that their lives weren't worth living, something they took it upon themselves to fix. This is Monsters. Twenty-seven-year-old Dalton Aiken and thirty-five-year-old Corey Fitzwater were a couple of guys from Ogden, Utah, who would regularly hang out, drink beer, and smoke marijuana. The pair had a common disliking for homeless people, believing that they didn't contribute to society, thus making them worthless. Corey was a military veteran who had served in Iraq, but I couldn't find any information regarding his employment at the time of the incident. Dalton held a license as an apprentice electrician. Brian Racine was a 28-year-old father of two who had recently moved from California to Utah. He had suffered from mental health issues, and when he failed to refill his prescriptions, he suddenly decided to move to Utah and join the Church of Latter-day Saints. His brother, Matthew Short, said that he had been living in a house a month prior to his death. It seemed that at some point, Brian had become homeless and was living in a homeless encampment in Ogden. Unfortunately for Brian, Dalton and Corey were nearby, dwelling on their hatred of homeless people. On August 16, 2018, the two men decided that they were going to spend some time drinking beer and shooting guns at a property that was owned by Corey's parents. Shooting at targets and beer cans just wasn't giving them the thrill they were looking for, so they grabbed Corey's 45 caliber pistol and headed out to the 21st Street Pond where there was an established homeless encampment. 
There were no witnesses to what happened in the encampment, but after the two smoked some pot, they entered the camp and found Brian asleep on the ground. One of the men shot Brian in the head, killing him, and the pair ran through the woods back to Dalton's truck. Ogden police got a call of shots being fired and they had just begun investigating when they pulled over a pickup truck being driven by Dalton with Corey as a passenger. When the vehicle was searched, they not only found marijuana, but they found a 45 caliber handgun on the floor of the vehicle. They also found a full-face ski mask that had twigs on it on the floor of the passenger seat. Upon searching the truck's occupants, they found that Dalton had a number of 45 caliber rounds in his pocket. Dalton and Corey were arrested on suspicion of murder and taken to the police station for questioning. At about 4 a.m., police were called to the homeless encampment at the 21st Street Pond regarding a suspicious death. Residents at the camp told police that everyone but Brian had left the camp at about 2 a.m., and when they returned at about 4 a.m., they found him shot dead. Police found a 45 caliber shell casing at the scene. The Utah State Crime Lab compared the spent casing found at the scene to one fired from the gun recovered from Dalton's truck, and it was a match. During their questioning, Corey claimed that he didn't see a shooting and didn't hear gunshots. Dalton's interview went a little different. I got pulled over and I had marijuana. Okay. What about before the traffic stop? What were you, what was going, what were you doing? Oh, we were walking at the park. By the park, you mean like the pond and the trail and all that? Yeah, what do they call it? Uh, the old Indian place where the rivers meet. So if you cross that main bridge at the parking lot, mm -hmm. and then you just kind of keep going straight-ish, and then it curves to the right. Yeah, right there where the two rivers come together. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you were with... Who were you walking with? Corey Fitzwater. Is he... Family friend? Yep. Family friend, exactly. Oh, what time do you think you guys got out there? Oh, it was late. We just got done busting up concrete for his neighbor um, with the sledgehammer. So we were kind of having a good time, you know. But I, I think it was, I think it was two to three. You were busting up concrete at 2 o'clock in the morning? That seems a little far-fetched. When the detective asks about that, Dalton says it was more like midnight when they finished with the concrete. Oh, okay, that seems more reasonable. He starts off the interview playing dumb, like he just got pulled over for having marijuana on him. The detectives press him about what else might have happened. Well, I kind of have a feeling that I know what you guys are after. Like, did someone get killed? I mean, so I heard a gunshot, for sure. That's just that vibrates, let us know it's still working. Where were you having heard the gunshot? I mean, relatively speaking. So when you start heading towards the west, there's like a weird vinyl fence. Like if you, they got voltage up across it. You're not supposed to cross it. Well, it's about right there. Um, I think it's a junkyard if you cross the fence right there. What well, did you see, hear, smell after the gunshot? Uh, nothing. Yeah, just, just yeah. What did you guys do? 
Um, well, we're kind of country. I guess we didn't even pay no mind to it, to tell you the truth. We thought it was weird so late, but yeah. Did you guys just continue on your way? Did you answer No, sorry, I missed it. So did you guys continue just walking the direction you're going? You guys? Yeah, we we turned around about when he hit that fence with the voltage, and you can see the freeway. This interview is being recorded on a body cam, so it beeps periodically to let the officer know it's still on and working. Where Cody denied hearing a gunshot, Dalton brings it up right away. Instead of taking the deny-everything approach, he's trying to get out in front of it. Like, oh yeah, I did hear a gunshot. Did something bad happen? His initial story is that he and Corey specifically went to the 21st Street Pond because he thought it would be a good, secluded place to smoke some pot. They walked into the wooded area, were there for about 30 minutes smoking. During that time, they heard a gunshot, but didn't think much of it. Then they walked back out to his truck and left. He got pulled over a short time later. They asked him if either of them had left for any reason, and he said no at first. Then he said that each of them went out of sight to take a piss, but that was about it. You guys want to take me to camps while you're down there? Mm-hmm. Like the homeless people? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No, we actually never came face-to-face with any of them. Just there's a time. Just through the fires? Mm-hmm. Do you know any homeless people that live out there? I do not. This initial story was pretty short-lived as investigators revealed more about what they knew. Before that, they asked Dalton about the gun they found in his truck. Again, the what? The gun you had in your car? Oh, yeah. Where, where did you get that? So that's Corey's. Oh. Do you know how long Corey's had it for? No clue. Did you guys take that with you when you were doing your walk? No, I had some bullets in my pocket from earlier, but so we were shooting it earlier, but we didn't take it. Where were we going to shoot it at? Uh, West Warren. His uh, parents and law a pretty good pad out there. Just lots nice. of country, just all oh, freaking yeah. nice. targets. Yeah, it's awesome. This is where the initial story starts to fall apart. So, would there be any reason? why we would find a spent shell casing that matches the gun you guys had at the scene of what we're investigating. I'm going to come clean right now. Okay. Yeah, thank you, because the forensic evidence tells us a story, and you're, you're not helping yourself. Okay. Um, so Corey did leave, and that's when I heard the gunshot. And that is it, man. And that's when we left, because I knew something bad happened. But he didn't say nothing. How would, how did he seem after? Calm, I guess. Like, like you know, you guys have been friends for a while? Uh-huh. Okay. Did his, so post, when you're saying he left the gunshot, and after, did you see him more relaxed? relaxed? Uh-huh. Okay, now that I know you have forensic evidence, I'll come clean. Corey did it. Corey left, and that's when he heard the gunshot. The story now is that Dalton was by himself, away from the camp, and that Corey had left and shot Brian by himself. The police have a hard time believing that Brian was just a random victim. Yeah, but I'm saying you guys, what, what led you guys there? 
tonight. We know you know the spot. What led you there last night? Uh, yeah, marijuana. So were you going to buy marijuana? No, we were smoking it. Okay. So, so the cops found my bag. So here, here's the story that I'm kind of I'm kind of getting from you, and, and and if this is what you're going to go with, I, yeah, it's not going to be good for you. Okay. You're going to say that you guys randomly showed up at a random spot to randomly smoke some marijuana, ran into a random camp, and shot some guy. Ah, yeah, that sounds bad. Yeah. No, I'm thinking what happened was uh, there was a reason you guys went there. The guy, the, the guy that, that, that was there, you knew, or Corey knew, well, wait, wait, okay. Corey or you knew he was there. So you guys went down there to deal with that. Now, I understand you not wanting to be involved in the actual process of it, but there's something that led you guys to that spot. I refuse to believe you. I mean, that Corey just randomly picked some guy and shot him. Certainly the truth, dude. I'm, I'm kind of being serious. I think that's what happened. I think he literally just shot the guy. I mean, I know that sounds bad, but literally. That's a hard sell in a, in a court of law. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, this is one of the few parts of Dalton's story so far that's actually true. They didn't know Brian or anyone else living at the homeless camp. Now, it wasn't as random as Dalton wants to make it sound. They didn't just randomly go to that location to smoke pot. They went to that location because it was a homeless camp. They didn't know anyone there personally, but they knew that homeless people were there and that they wanted to kill a homeless person. Then, Dalton's story changes again. Oh, okay. I gotcha. It's uh, his PTSD stuff. I don't think this is the first time it's happened. But I think it's something to do with that. Okay, so what did Corey say before he shot the guy? Uh, nothing. Like, it was... What made you separate from him? He went uh, off the trail, and I followed him. Okay. And he shot the guy. So you were there? Yeah. Okay, so that, that's one thing we want to make clear, that you guys didn't separate. You saw what happened. Yeah. So that that's helpful because, because to say that he randomly walks away from you and does this, you, he walks off the trail towards a camp. Yeah, I Does he him. say something about going to that camp? Is he pissed off that camp? No, he sees it. Okay. But no. So you guys walk towards this camp, and it's random. You say Corey doesn't know this guy. Yeah. You don't know this guy. Yeah. So you walk into this camp. Did they say anything to you? I think the guy was sleeping, to okay. tell you the truth. So the guy's in bed sleeping. Is Where's he at? Uh, on the ground. He's sleeping on the ground? Yeah. Is he in a tent, under a tarp, in a, uh, just laying on the dirt, a sleeping bag? Just, just the dirt, I think. Okay. I think. Now Dalton was with Corey when he shot Brian. They were walking through a trail. Corey went into the camp and shot a guy. Dalton claims that he thinks it was PTSD. Not only that, but he throws Corey under the bus and says he doesn't think it's the first time Corey had done this. Well, that came out of left field. So, you think that your friend has been having PTSD episodes where he kills people? I don't walk in. He's asleep outside the tent. He's on the ground. That's what I'm saying. When you walk yeah. into the camp, do you believe he's asleep? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And what does Corey say? It kind of mumbles in like a drunk talk, like, how are you doing? Corey says that? Uh-huh. Okay. Is he drunk? Yeah, he probably was like 10 deep, probably. 10 beers? Uh-huh. Okay. Plus, have you guys smoked marijuana uh -huh. Yeah. Okay, so we've got marijuana and beer. And you say he mumbles something. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. And, and to the guy. To the guy. Yep. And then what? Shot him. What do you guys think? I don't know. It's almost like I 
I just didn't want. You know what I mean? And so I don't think I looked when he shot him. Okay. But if I had to guess, somewhere here. Okay, so he shoots him somewhere in the upper body. That one. Uh, then he takes off running, and I don't know what else to do but run to, I guess. Okay. He's constantly removing himself from the incident. He says he didn't look because he didn't want to be involved, so he's not sure where he shot him. I believe that, if Corey was the shooter, Dalton definitely watched, because that was the thrill they were specifically looking for that night. Because a lot of the things you're telling is, oh, okay, yeah, so I took off running, he took off running, We've lo I lost him. Okay. And I got to the truck and I had to wait for him for 25 minutes, I'll bet you. Um, that's probably the part that was miss missing, huh? Well, I wouldn't say so. And he said he ran into more people and fought him with his fists. Okay. Some more stuff happened in the camp. Uh, that was away from the camp. That was somebody else's oh, in camp. The camp. He's asking you. He's, he's making a statement to you. More stuff happened in the camp after the shooting happened. That's what we're trying to get the truth about. You guys didn't, oh. walk, in. You guys didn't walk in banging and run away. There was more to it than that. I promise you, yeah. I really do promise you. Oh, okay. Here's another detail that might make you happy. It's like he's playing guess and check with the details of the crime. He puts a little out there and sees how the detectives respond. Then he changes some details and sees how they respond to that. He told the detectives that Corey had run into some other people and fought them with his fists. I can't find any details about there being any witnesses to the murder or anyone else in the area at the time. I don't know what the detectives are talking about in regards to other stuff happened in the camp. Those details are never explained. After this interview, Dalton was taken to a different police station where he was questioned some more. This time Dalton admitted that they had gone to the 21st Street Pond that night to find homeless people to harass. At some point, Dalton also told police that homeless people are a problem and don't contribute to society. I wonder how he feels about murderers. Almost immediately after being arrested, both Dalton and Corey can be heard in calls from the jail blaming the other one for the shooting. It seems that Corey didn't want to leave his fate up to chance and attempted to bribe multiple inmates into approaching the police and telling them that they had heard Dalton confess to the crime all on his own. This is what it produced. Okay, walk me through this. So how long ago did, did you guys have a conversation about this? Like uh, a couple months ago. Okay. And where were you when it happened? Right in jail. Well, I know that, but where? I was, like, talking and, like, like he was cut for. Okay. So he was inside his, his cell, cell, and you were outside of his cell? Correct. And how did the conversation start? Just talking about, like, Trinity and stuff like that. Uh, then he asked me what I was in here for. I told him what I was here for. Then uh, he told me what he was here for, how it happened, why it happened. This is a man named Miller Costello. Miller and his wife, Brenda Emile, were in jail facing a possible death sentence for allegedly abusing their three-year-old daughter to death. I know what you're thinking. If you can't trust this guy, who can you trust? Talking and saying that the guy that he shot, him and his co-defendant, 
his co-defendant, he said, did not touch him and do nothing like that because they were drinking that day, traded him a gun for another, like a couple other guns he got that day from him, and he traded him for a forty-five, I guess. Who was his co-defendant? Uh, Corey Fitzwater. Okay. Have you talked to Corey? I haven't talked to Corey. Uh, but I've been talking to Dalton here and there. What else did Dalton say? Dalton said what he exactly was, did he, does he feel like shit for doing it? Yeah, but like he said, he has no one to worry about him. He just did them a job, basically. He lived on the streets, didn't give a shit, and uh, that's just that was just his thing for a while, just to kill someone, a bum. And what he said was he was basically cleaning up the streets that day. You said he basically said that. Did he actually say that? He said that. He does. What were his actual words to you? He said, basically what I was doing, just cleaning up the streets. Okay. Did he say anything else? Then I was like, how do you feel about that? He's like, I feel okay about it. He thinks he'll get out of it. And what I said is, do you believe in God or stuff like that? And he said, yeah, I believe in God. But I feel that... uh, God wanted me to do that to him. So Dalton just up and told a random inmate in jail that he committed a murder all by himself and made sure to add that his co-defendant had nothing to do with it. It also just so happens that all of the information that Miller had could have easily been provided by Corey. Then he doubles down with his statement. He were drinking that night and he because he had like five or six bullets in his pocket and some inside a chamber, I guess. He was planning to do more. If Corey wasn't with him, he was planning to shoot a couple more people. Because, like he said, they're bums. They had them to live for. Okay. Just doing, doing them a favor. Okay. And specifically, what did he tell you he did? He told me he pulled the trigger and blew one guy's head. Okay. And did he say anything else specifically about it? He felt good about it doing it. Okay. Did he say what he did after? He just left and someone, some other person, I don't know who it was that contacted the police. He said he doesn't know who did it. Not only did Dalton commit the murder all by himself, but he would have killed more people if Corey wasn't there. Man, Corey's a hero. The police weren't buying Miller's claim. They asked him if he tried to use this information to get a deal, and he said no. But they had a recording of him talking to another investigator, asking for a deal. Miller is full of shit, and all it does is make Corey look more guilty. The two murderers had separate trials, and Dalton Aiken had his trial first. He maintained that Corey was the one who pulled the trigger, and that he had nothing to do with the murder. After the jury came back with a guilty verdict, Dalton said, quote, I didn't know anything like that was going to happen, but I understand I made mistakes. I lied to police, and I didn't say the truth when I should have, end quote. The judge responded, quote, It was clear to me from the trial that you certainly knew what was going on, end quote. 
Unfortunately, Corey's trial has been delayed multiple times due to scheduling conflicts with expert witnesses and due to COVID restrictions. In July of 2020, a judge denied a request by Corey's lawyer that he be released due to being high risk for a COVID infection. According to information from an online hearing, Corey suffers from undiagnosed boils and sores all over his body and a rectal fistula that requires surgery. At no point in my life have I ever imagined that I would be sitting in front of a microphone recording myself saying rectal fistula. It's a true sign that you never know where life is going to take you. The judge reviewed an 80-page document about the care Corey was receiving in jail and said, quote, There's nothing that gave me the impression that his needs are not being met, end quote. That, along with the fact that he's in jail on charges of aggravated murder and has previously attempted to, quote, manufacture evidence, influence witnesses, and obstruct justice, end quote, his request was denied. It will probably never be revealed who actually pulled the trigger during the murder of Brian Racine, but it doesn't matter. You can be charged with murder as a co-conspirator or accomplice if you knew the person you were with was going to commit a murder. It's evident that Dalton and Corey were setting out that night to murder a homeless person, so no matter who pulled the trigger, they're both murderers. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. Please talk to your local battered women's shelter or call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or you can go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. The great thing about this website is that, at any time, hitting the escape key twice will take you to a Google search page. That way, if your abuser is nearby, you won't get caught looking for help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and will talk to you about any mental health issue you might be facing. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can subscribe or follow the show to ensure you don't miss an episode, and you can leave us a rating on whatever podcast app you use. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that by checking out our merchandise at Teespring. You can also discuss the channel and the episodes on our subreddit, r forward slash thisismonsters. You can find more ways to support our show and how to find us on social media by visiting thisismonsters.com. Thanks again, and be safe. Life's full of things we can't depend on. Like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for lucky seven. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Serta, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see CertaIreland.ie. Let's have a look at today's lineup. There's a strong Dunn Stores influence from top to bottom, starting with selected boxes of bottled beer and cider like Heineken and Boomers from just €18.72. half price Pringles are a very welcome inclusion indeed. 10 or 50 grocery vouchers doing their bit at the till as usual. All that's left to do now is enjoy the football. Dunn Stores, always better value. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used on next grocery shop of €50 Euro or more. Voucher excludes alcohol. Please drink sensibly.